Every time. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it is. Actually, I should just edit that out. What? Your laugh. It's funny. Just stop you start. Right start it. No, it's too late now, Sean. <laughs> let me let me go through the intro roll and then um. Oh, and he's then, very and then we'll particular you. about this. Hello, my name is Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kevin Allen, um, your co-host of the Havlo Havlo Travel uh, podcast. This is episode 23. I'm pretty sure, but not 100 percent sure. I'm I am 100 percent sure. Who I'm are Catherine you? Don Fox. Thank you. We're with Hawaii Magazine. By the way, HawaiiMagazine.com. Oh, shout out to Don. Yeah, our publisher said um, we have to put the <laughs> URL of our um, website in there. Just about every uh, 10 minutes. So, so we say HawaiiMagazine.com. HawaiiMagazine.com. Okay, we're here with HawaiiMagazine.com. Sean Steinman, um, he's, a do- he's a doctor of coffee. He's uh, he's not a doctor of coffee. I like to call him that, though. Oh, God. He, he literally has a doctorate, though. Sean, hello. Hi, good afternoon. Good morning. Um, good morning. Afternoon. Depends on when people listen to it. Yeah. Depends. Good evening to those of you who are late night people. That's, oh, no. late night people. Oh, that could be a whole different kind of podcast. It could be. <laughs> Wait, explain who Sean is. Sean um, knows You don't more. even know. No, I do know. <laughs> oh, because I interviewed him multiple times. Or one multiple, time. Multiple? Yeah, one time. I had an email interview him a few questions. But he... Um, Wait, you've never met him in person? Oh, please. Sorry. But is this the first time you've met well, him? I met him in person. Oh, okay. I met him at a coffee shop to interview him. Okay. So I actually know a lot of the... That's where I, Kat and I met, actually. Oh. Is that true? Mm. I was okay, going to ask you. Go, okay, okay, okay. We cannot go on Introduce him, and then I need to find room. out where I met him. I he forget. is. He has a PhD from the University of Hawaii at Manoa in horticulture. Horticulture. Um, but he primarily focused a lot of his studies in coffee because Correct. you love coffee. Correct. And now you are the owner of Coffee A Consulting. Coffee. Coffee Consulting. Where that? How that? Coffee? You didn't. What's? I did not make that up. I'm not that creative. What's the name? Coffee is the genus that coffee is in. That is cool. You see, this guy knows a lot about coffee. So Coffee Consulting, um, so you work with a lot of local farmers as well as international and national farmers as well as businesses to kind of um, help up their coffee game. Is that true? Fair enough. Is that fair enough? Yeah. How would you describe yourself, Sean Stein? My business card says coffee scientist and consultant. That's a cool business card. Being a scientist is a way of being. It's not a, it's not a job. It's, Ooh, it's a, a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a, yeah, it's, it's how That's you so nerdy. Wait, yeah. how did I meet you? What uh, coffee shop? Beach Bum. Oh, yeah. Beach Bum. I remember now. Okay. I don't drink coffee. We cannot be perfect. Oh, <laughs> Got him. I love it. Anyways, um, we have Sean on the podcast. <laughs> Who also wrote a book recently that you wrote about. I was on... literally just about to okay, say that. Okay, but you're too slow. And oh. it's also on our website, which is yes. hawaiimagazine.com. <laughs> and it's the Hawaii Coffee Book. Correct. It was published by our sister company, Watermark Publishing. It was. Um, Actually, this is an update to the original book. It's this a revision. Part, yeah, revision. Um, the original book came out in 2008, Correct. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just kind of, you explained this to me earlier, and I'm going to try my best to re-explain it to the audience, but it's a very surface-level discussion of coffee um, in Hawaii. But covering lots of parts of coffee. But it covers a whole lot of parts. And when I was reading it, I was, I learned a lot. Absolutely. What did you learn, Kevin Allen? You put me on the spot like this. <laughs> if you had the book, like I told you to bring from the office three times. It's on my desk. I know. But the last time I told you to bring it, you like got upset with me for like nagging you. But if he had it here, he'd be cheating by looking at it. 
But at least you could reference the book. Well, I know that you have a lot of recipes in there. And I see a lot of great coffee recipes. Do you cook? I actually didn't ask you that question when I initially interviewed you. I cook every meal in my house. Do you really? But that doesn't mean you cook every day. It could mean that you eat out all the time and you cook like once a year. My Instagram never has photos of restaurants in it. That's true. How many times do you cook a day? Like how many meals do you cook? Uh, At least three. Oh, wow. Sometimes more if I'm preparing for the next day. That's roughly how many meals I cook in a year. I would say I don't even know if you've made three meals. What have you made? uh, Breakfast. (laughs) <laughs> I can make a pretty mean bowl of cereal. You it's know, tough, I, right? You have to choose the kind of milk you're going to pour. You're a coffee scientist. I would call myself Wait. somewhat of a cereal scientist. Oh, Lord. I can't. The loot cream milk tastes better. Um, anyways. Stop. That's truly I'm not I'm curious important. about, like, your cooking, though. What do you make? Like, what are some of your go-to dishes? Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that Tuesday is Nacho Tuesday, so every oh, Tuesday we have different oh. kinds of nachos. Different kinds of nachos? Yeah. Wait, every Tuesday you have nachos? Every Tuesday. It all started because we did Pilates before our daughter was born, and we'd come home Tuesday night and just didn't want to do anything complicated, and nachos was not complicated. So we started to do this Tuesday tradition of nachos, and now it's like a thing. No matter who, if someone comes over, they have to have nachos with us. Just oh, for you. Oh, I want to do that. Yeah, Nacho Tuesdays. Yeah. Absolutely. Nacho Tuesday. Let's okay. do Let's pivot back to the book. All oh, um, right. <laughs> so the initial draft came out in, or not draft, excuse me, it was a published book. Came out in 2008. What, what, why the revision? I've asked you this question before, but we're in a different medium now. It has been a long time since that book came out. And the problem with books, especially books that are about a fun, tourist fun subject, is that they go out of date because you put stuff in there that's fun for tourists and then the day it's published it's our magazine wrong. goes out of date in about a year okay this is closed down all the time same idea same idea though right so part of it is a lot has happened since then mm-hmm. part of it is i had some new information i thought i wanted to have somewhere in print and the publisher wanted to have a new edition mm-hmm. so we thought why not it shouldn't be that time. hard how has it changed from 2008 the coffee scene surprisingly a lot we have more coffee farms now than we had then a lot more we have way more cafes now than we did. We have a pest that the farmers have to deal with. And we either have caught up with the mainland perspective of specialty coffee, or we've just finally discovered it. Hmm. What is a specialty coffee? I'm sorry, I mean. That is a great question, and uh, it's really, there's no good answer. Okay. There is a there is a, an official answer based on unroasted green coffee, and you score it, and you get the number, and if it's above 80, it's specialty coffee. But that doesn't tell you anything about what it tastes like or what specialty is or isn't. Mm. If you look at that 80-point demarcation, it really is a coffee that doesn't taste bad and tastes like coffee. Which you think seems pretty understandable. I mean, I feel like... But then you have to ask what the other 20 points get you from 80 to 100. Okay. And that's where things go from... Is there 100-point coffees out there? No one has ever scored one because (gasps) people are afraid of such things. Really? No one wants to call a coffee like the perfect coffee? No. Oh, interesting. It kind of makes the system silly, doesn't it? It feels like there's so many variables, though. I mean, it seems like it'd be so subjective, right? No? Is coffee subjective? Isn't it subjective? What you like and don't like is very subjective. You just ate two Twinkies. I did. Okay. Strawberry Twinkies. Yes. And so someone who cooks a lot and loves food and coffee, that is not something you'd think I would love. Right. But, but you loved it. I loved I it because you. I loved them as a child. Yeah. It's one of those childhood experiences. Right. So here's the thing. There are things we love and don't love. And if I say I like something, I tend to also think it's good. Okay. What I should say is it's good for me, therefore I like it. But just because it's good for me, it doesn't mean it's good for you. So for me to say this is a good coffee is not very 
useful. Mm. Not conveying anything. It conveys information about me. So coffee and many other industries have this problem. You get a bunch of experts who love their thing, and they decide, we love this thing, we have this huge experience, we're gonna tell you what good is. But to them, good is something that's complex and esoteric and so unlike the thing that they started with, that mm. the average person gets. Now, there's this disconnect. It was a really complicated thing that maybe not even tastes like coffee, and they say, this is amazing, it's the best stuff, let's give it a high score. Mm-hmm. And then the person who sees that, oh, higher is better, I'm going to uh, buy that and try it, and they don't like it. Yeah. So we have this difficulty as a society or as a culture of saying, what is quality? How do we compare it to the standard that we should create? Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about it. Sorry, I got like two hours of lectures on this. I That's fine. I mean, as a coffee consultant, though, I mean, how does that kind of impact your work with what is good being so subjective? It's actually really easy because I can talk to the client and say, what do you want your coffee to be? Or what do you, where do you want to sit in the marketplace? Mm-hmm. You define what quality is and I can help you get there. Or okay. I can tell you don't spend the effort to get there because you're either not going to or you don't want to put that much money into it or, or the, the people you're selling to aren't going to care. So mm-hmm. it went on there. That's huh. one of the hardest part. Like I, know I was going to say, love. that sounds like a difficult... I feel like that's wine and beer though. Same Identical. kind of thing. Right. But people don't talk about it. It's right. true for all these things. But nobody talks about it, and experts get to be experts because they're experienced. Mm. But the the mistake is that an expert shouldn't be saying this is a good wine or a bad wine. Mm. The expert should be saying, this is what the wine tastes like. Let me help you figure out what you like and see Correct. how we can connect right. all the dots for you. So for you, how did you even get into coffee? I mean, did you grow up drinking coffee? I did. You I, did? Yeah, like, well, what was your, how early. old were you? Like six? So my mom swears she gave me coffee as a toddler. Probably like milky. See, I had coffee, coffee as a toddler too. But you probably didn't get into it. I remember Why? my. They wanted me to not drink it, I think, because it was black and I hated it, and that's why I don't drink coffee. Fair. Yeah. But you're older now, and now you can. I know. Embrace now the you goodness. still can't drink coffee. I have yeah. a very distinct memory in fifth grade of ordering coffee at a cafe. Really? Yeah. Fifth grade is how old? Like nine? Like nine maybe? or ten. The woman who owned it, so it was, I went to a private school and it had it, we just moved to a brand new shiny building. And there was a little cafe attached to it. It was also a community center. And the woman who ran it was a friend of ours. Where was this? Kansas City. Okay. And that's where you're from, Kansas City. <clears throat> so I go in during one of our lunch breaks, order a cup of coffee. She says to me, Sean, you're crazy. I'm not giving you a cup of coffee. I said, why not? I drink coffee all the time. Well, then you come back tomorrow with a note from your mother. Oh. And I did. And she oh gave God. me coffee the next day. And your mom didn't raise any, say, no, you can't drink coffee because... Clearly, the caffeine wasn't a problem. Yeah. Because that's mean, what really the only problem is. Like, kids have enough energy as it is. Do we yeah. really want them to have more? I have no idea. I turned out fine. Yeah, I was going to say. You're a well, coffee scientist it is, now. It is kind that's of a thing cool. that young people drink coffee now. I mean... Because you can't it, buy alcohol. Of course you can drink coffee. Oh, maybe. And we had actually talked about this briefly, but I feel like it's a sign of, like, maturity for... Because kids want to seem like they're mature. You know, kids who are in high school. So they... I feel like that's maybe why coffee is so popular amongst... Kids is because they want to look and sound mature because as a 17-year-old, that's all you want is to that's true. not be treated like and, a child. And not to be too cynical, but are they really drinking black coffee? Are they really enjoying oh, coffee or are they getting coffee drinks? They're probably getting a Frappuccino. In which case, it's yeah, they're getting coffee, but they're not ex- they're not in it for the flavor. They're there is no difference in eating like a Haagen-Dazs coffee-flavored ice cream to right, me. Right. Right. Do, do you remember your first cup of like black coffee? Yeah, I was like a kid, and my mom gave me black Folgers. Okay, but like oh, a, as an adult. Coffee. It was, t- well, there was a whole Anyways, point of it. I mean, I think she wanted me to dislike it. I remember. Yeah, I, my, okay, so the black, co- the only time I had black coffee that I actually enjoyed was in Paris. 
Oh. And I don't know if part of it is ambiance and you're on vacation and whatever. But I mean, I I think it was an espresso even. And I liked it. I really enjoyed it. You know what's interesting about coffee in different um, parts of the world is that they make it differently. Like in Bali, it has a very muddy bottom. Have you ever had that? I've not been to Bali. It's very interesting. Yeah, it has like all the grounds are at the bottom of the cup. So if you drink too much, you start sipping in the grounds of the coffee. They don't filter it, I guess? I don't know how specifically it's made. And also the coffee tastes differently. It tastes more spiced almost. I have no idea. Interesting. I'm not Sean. I I can't um, form my words. Articulate. You take notes for me? I did not. I didn't think I would be here in this situation. Costa Rica was the same. Have you been to Costa Rica and had their coffee? That was interesting when I went to... So Costa Rica is known for their quality beans, Mm -hmm. but they export it. And what they keep in country is the junk stuff. So when you go to the coffee, like a grocery store, the coffee grinds will come with sugar in it. I was surprised. They keep all the junk stuff for their... It's true in most places that grow coffee. That's so interesting. Because you make money. Right, exactly. And you're stuck with the bad stuff. There is some shift away from that in some places. Well, you know what the problem is? That visitors who've had the Costa Rican coffee, right, wherever they are in New York or whatever, think, I'm going to go to Costa Rica and have real coffee. And they go there and the coffee's crap. So, like, now because, you know, tourism is kind of a booming industry in those areas and they've got to, like, keep coffee in-house now. The good stuff. Anyway, it's interesting, especially when like I think visitors come probably, I mean, mostly to the big island is that Kona coffee is so accessible and on tap all the time. But when I was in Japan, I remember being at a coffee house and seeing how much like Kona coffee costed there. It was like 40 bucks. 40 bucks for what? For like a a smaller bag. A very small bag. A very small bag of coffee grounds. Wow. So it's really interesting seeing that disparity in, in prices. But Kona coffee is expensive here too, I feel. Hawaiian coffee is expensive. It is very expensive. No, no, no. Let's scratch that. That's a terrible word. Hawaiian coffee is not expensive. The rest of the world's coffee is ridiculously undervalued cheap. Got it. And we had talked about this before as well, kind of with the plight of like coffee farmers in more third world countries. Um, I mean, I'm sure you can explain it a lot better than I can. It's a simple idea. People in America want to live like Americans. Mm -hmm. All of our people, not just farmers, people who make clothes, people who make cars, whatever it is. They want to live like other Americans live. But we it's expensive to live in this country. So in order to do that, you have to have a salary that's commensurate with that. And if you make an object, you have to sell an object at a high enough price that you can then get the salary that you want. So in Hawaii, which is already expensive, and an agricultural thing, which is already hard, mm-hmm. you know, if the farmers are gonna live here and be reasonable American lives, then you have to charge a lot for their thing. And isn't it nice that people get to live the way we live? I think so. So all the other 10 million farmers on the world who are dealing with coffee don't get that luxury. Yeah. That's sad and unfortunate. They're undervalued, their product. Hmm. Where have you traveled to where you've, I don't know, worked with coffee farmers, like different countries outside of Hawaii? That's been kind of memorable to you. My first trip was Zambia. Oh. That's been, your first trip? That was my first <laughs> coffee international trip. trip. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was Do you say, know you where must, that is? You must, well, it must be on the equator because... Why? Because coffee can only be grown... We're not on the equator. Are we near the equator? We are 19 degrees north right now. So that's pretty close, right? <laughs> I don't really know. speaking. Honestly, I have no idea how, like, the <laughs> works. Like, is it hotter? Is that what you just said? 19? So coffee is a tropical crop. So we're in the tropics. I see. Hawaii's on the edge of the tropics. There's some exceptions to this, but generally speaking, you have to be in the tropical zone. To I'm not a geography coffee. major. I don't know. I know. I don't know why you go there. Nobody asked you. I like asking a hard questions. No, but you started talking to. about. I, mean, like, I just like to learn, you know? Oh, stop. I just, I'm like a sponge. I just, <laughs> I just take in information. Hi, right, square bob. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Square pants. 
Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Well, we talk Zambia. 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 It's your first trip. Yeah. I've been to Ethiopia three times. Mexico, Costa Rica, Brazil, Haiti, Puerto Rico. That might be it for farming places. But you decided to call Hawaii your home. Why, why, why Hawaii coffee culture? What was so enticing to you here? At the time, nothing. When I was finishing undergrad. Let's <laughs> just be innocence, real. Innocence. By the way, HawaiiMagazine.com. Hawaii is a great place. I've been here a long time. HawaiiMagazine.com. 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 Okay, now we can carry on. All right. Sorry, go ahead, Tom. <laughs> you know, when you're finishing undergrad, you wake up and you realize, this is going to end. And it's a problem because you've got to do something after that. So you came here for undergrad too then? No, I did not. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Wait for the story. I'm sorry. He's a storyteller. Okay. okay. As it had turned out, when I had that realization, it, I would, I'd already been in contact with folks in Hawaii doing coffee stuff. So I was trying to find a way to spend a summer here doing coffee stuff because that sounded cool. Yeah. Never panned out. It did start a conversation between me and my future advisor. And so what I eventually came to realization was I don't want to be pipetting all day as a biologist. So I got to do something different. And I liked school a lot. I was pretty good at it. I liked coffee a lot. It was a pretty intense hobby. This opportunity came up to move to Hawaii for a couple of years to study coffee in grad school. How bad could that be? I know. That's I what mean, happened. It stuck. Yeah. I just never left. Had you had, never left. had you had Kona coffee before you got here, though, as a... Probably not. Hmm. Interesting. Is it not? Is Kona coffee... How big is Kona coffee in the world of, like, coffee experts? I mean, how well is it regarded? How well is it regarded, I guess I would say. Are there other Hawaii brands that are maybe more highly regarded than Kona Coffee? Mm, Ka'u a little bit as a region. Really? But uh, most of our coffees are not highly regarded. Really? We have this conundrum of really expensive coffee. And with mm -hmm. a coffee geek, you don't necessarily mind spending a lot of money on it, but it's got to really have a taste experience that supports that. I see. Because coffee geeks want taste experience. They're, mm -hmm. they're somewhat less price insensitive. Price sensitive, sorry. You could say that about anyone with an intense hobby that you exactly. pay a lot of so, money for something. So if you're going to pay a lot of money for something from Hawaii, it has to be really good because you can get really good stuff for like a sixth price. Really? Why would you spend a lot of money? It's Kona coffee that much more expensive. It is expensive. Oh, yeah, it's really? Expensive. Really expensive. So there are some amazing Hawaiian coffees, not just Kona, mm -hmm. that are really highly valued by both people who need cachet and people who love taste. Mm -hmm. But they're not very many, which is not a surprise. I mean, mathematically, we can explain that. But... We have this long history of an expensive coffee with a mediocre at best flavor profile huh. relative to like the cutting edge stuff today. Interesting. So it's hard to balance that. It's hard to convince people to spend the money on this expensive thing anyways. I mean, there, I think there's a good reason, right? You're supporting a, an economy that you believe in. Yeah. That you're gonna you know, spend anywhere. So that's a good reason. The hmm. taste has to be at least passable. Yeah. If it can be really amazing, if that's what you're after, then it should be. What is an amazing cup of coffee to you? To me? To you. Oh, I like that question. Thanks what for you, specifying. Thank you, because I asked you that. I asked him that before, but I said, well, it was just an amazing cup of coffee, and then we had a whole discussion about personal tastes. <laughs> so to you, what's an amazing cup of coffee? The things I'm really into now are coffees that have a floral component to it, mm -hmm. and I really love coffees that have a stone fruit flavor, like apricot or peach. I think those are just delightful. Where? So realistically, what I'm saying is that I like the taste of coffee, but I also like it when it's whole lot more. A whole lot other, I should mm -hmm. say. Not just mm. more. You drink yours black? Always. Always. Medium roast? Or light. Or light. Do you not do a dark? No. A lot of coffee 
people don't do dark roast. Do you eat steak? I do, but I, I'm like, I don't like it bleeding. But yeah, like medium, it's the same thing, right? Fair. Can you explain, or tofu, right? You don't want to burn your tofu. Or your oh. fish, or What your the difference broccoli. between the roasts are, between coffees? What is a light, medium, and a dark roast? I have a general idea, but I don't want to say it because I'd be embarrassed if it was wrong. <laughs> but we'd enjoy it. I would enjoy it. <laughs> I'm not going to put myself out there like it that. It is incredible. <laughs> You're probably accurate, actually, because it's very simple. Like Before coffee's roasted, it's a, it's a dried seed. Mm-hmm. Like you could have a dried chickpea or a dried soybean. <clears throat> we have to roast it to convert it into the thing that we drink. At some point, it's green seed, and then it, changes happen. Chemical chemistry happens. Color changes. <clears throat> it pops, kind of like popcorn pops. Huh. And after that, it's a really, really light brown. And you can pretty much stop there, or you can just keep the heat on, keep manipulating the heat, and it will keep darkening, go through various shades of browns, and if you let it go long enough, it'll get black, and if you get it, let it go, it'll just turn into charcoal. Huh. Try not to drink the charcoal part. So within that continuum of really light brown to, let's say, really dark brown, uh, you have these different roast levels. Mm-hmm. And that roast level is an indication of some of the flavor experience you might have. Huh. Partially because as you get darker, the process of roasting becomes a taste, right? Mm. You taste roastiness or woodiness or charriness or smokiness. That's part of the roasting, not the seed itself. Mm. So coffee snobs want their coffees on the lighter end because none of that exists. What you're tasting is the coffee itself, the soul mm. of the coffee, if you will, versus the process of roasting. I see. When you talk about the the floral accents <clears throat> or the stone fruit taste, um, does that come with the growing process then? So that's something that's inherent to the, the actual bean because of where it's growing? Or is that something that's can be manipulated in the processing of that bean? Good question. Well, I mean, it's a, I just don't know. <laughs> like, tell, tell me about it. Nobody actually knows. Oh. So what we know a lot about oh. is if I do things wrong in the coffee process, things will taste maybe not as good as they otherwise would have. What are some of those like wrong beer. things? Like beer. Hold on. So we do know that there are things that play a significant role. So the really fine nuances, we know that the... Genetics make an important difference. We know that the temperature that the coffee grows at makes a difference. The colder it grows at, the more complex or interesting nuance it might be. And then there's some things after you pick this fruit off the tree, you've got to get the seed out and dry it down. And how you do that can influence the flavor. Hmm. So those are the sort of the three very large swaths of influence that we know about. But not the soil. Probably not the soil. Interesting. So you could take the same plant and grow it in different pl- regions in the world, and it'll taste different, potentially. You could have two farms next to each other. Growing the same genus. Same variety and have it taste different. Really? Because there's lots of things that will influence it. But you can also take that one variety and plant it in many places and control as many factors as possible. It will taste different. So environment is important. Mm-hmm. Soil itself uh, is a big unknown. My guess is probably not much of an influence. Interesting. Hmm. Not like wine. Yeah. Well, it may not really be true for wine either. Really? That might be super oh. romantic notion. Oh. Oh. It's like everything was came crushing down. I know. I do my best. My whole Thank universe you. around me is I know. Apart. When you said you there are things that can go wrong in brewing a cup of coffee or yeah. making a cup of coffee. Every step you can What are some what are some of the steps that just the average person can look out for? Is it not burning your coffee? Is that one of the, the main ones? We gotta hate to sort of make this disclaimer, but you also I also have to say people like coffees for various reasons, and some people get used to liking coffees that I might think of as bad or defective. 
No. Just because that's what they grew up with. Like Twinkies. Like Twinkies. Like Twinkies. Gu- it's a, it's Twinkies are a guilty conscience of mine. Like, they're not really high-end food at all, but I love them. It's the way it is. Yeah. yeah. They're like a dollar. Like, my husband will drink Folgers <clears throat> because it's something he remembers drinking as a, yeah. when he was younger. Or like if your like, parent drinks it. Like right. I, my dad drank uh, Americanos all the time. Mm-hmm. Now I drink Americanos all the time. Right. It's just right. and there's passed a, down. And there's uh, your internal measure of quality incorporates that into the to the definition, right? That's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if someone, if we separate out our preference from quality and say, look, we're going to define what a good X is, in this case, coffee. And you can define it, we can sort of talk about how the next experience compares to it. So let's assume that when we're talking about quality coffee, we're talking about coffee that doesn't have obvious negative things wrong, right? It's not moldy, it's not bitter, it's not sour. Like, there's not flavors that most people in our culture will agree are just that. Yeah. And then, you know, all those extra nuances, that's an optional add-on. Mm-hmm. Is there, a, like, a local, I mean, is there, like, a tasting group in Hawaii? Or are there groups associated with, like, hey, we all have the same, not same idea, but we all can kind of agree on this is a good coffee. Are there groups like that that exist? Or is, it, or is this all just personal preference? Ooh. Sorry. There's nothing Hawaii-specific. Mm-hmm. There are people in Hawaii who cater or follow the international consensus. Okay, so there is an international There is. If we, it goes back to that, that scoring system of 100 points, right? Uh-huh. There's a group of people who sort of um, helped develop the way you score it and how we think about that continuum of numbers. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a trade organization now, and it's an international organization. Okay. And they sort of carry the flag of that ideal. I disagree with that idea. I was about to ask, do you, do you subscribe to that or no? I, it has its place, but I think most of the time we have left that utility of it and we need to reevaluate how we talk mm. about quality and how we communicate and what our goal is and who is our goal with. Right? Huh. Talking about a cup of coffee with you is going to be different than talking about with another coffee expert. Mm-hmm. So I can't use the same system. That doesn't I mean, make any sense. As a coffee expert, you know. Oh my God, here we go. I do drink Keurig every morning. <laughs> my Keurig. You um, don't even know what it is that you drink. Cups. You just, you always say that. I, I said, what kind Costco of coffee? Brand. Oh my God. Kirkland? The, the Kirkland. Oh man, the Kirkland K-Cups. You can buy a hundred pack for $30. It's a hundred cups of coffee. How much each, each of those cups of coffee? He has no idea. I have no idea. He doesn't know. Wow, 30 cups. I, I can't do math. I'm a it was, It's probably a dollar a cup, I would imagine. No, it's $3 a cup. Is it $3 30, a cup? 30 of them for $100? What would you say? 100 for no, 30. No, 100, 100 for 30. 30. Sorry. It's the other way around. Sorry. So 30 cents. It's like 30-ish cents a cup. That's... Never mind the environmental impacts of that plastic okay. you're throwing away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're getting oh, shamed. This is embarrassing. You're getting shamed. I'm getting a little shamed. I enjoy it so uh, much. Well, little do you know. I'm, I just ate a Twinkie, so I shouldn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and a plastic wrap. Also, just can we talk a little bit about Kuwait coffee culture and the scene of coffee right. and coffee shops and there's all so that. many now. I know. I there's a coffee shop on every corner. And they all make bullet coffee, which is so irritating. I what? don't like bullet coffee. Do you, there's like have one you tried or two bullet shops coffee? There. No, it's just coffee with it's milk butter. and sugar. No, it has it's butter, butter in it, right? Yeah, but it's milk. It's oh, very I milk, see, I right? see. Like, it's, it's all very butter and, and, and then like it's coconut, oil, coconut oil. And they say that it's like good for you, but like how can it be? It says it'll burn in your body slower. Nitro so coffee though. I am a fan of nitro coffee. What is nitro coffee? Do you drink Guinness? I do not. Have you ever had Guinness? We're uh, that was actually my first legal. That was my first legal beer. Was a Guinness. You ordered a Guinness. It tasted like a steak. Um, okay. I had the oh. extra dry or whatever kind of Guinness, and it was actually a few hours before my twenty-first birthday. But we were already in Waikiki, and I just said like, "Hey, come on, 
Why and, then, and then they that served me. Appropriate and then they served me alcohol. Yeah, so. and I called the cops on him. I was like, these guys served me alcohol. You did not. No, I'm kidding. Such a douchebag. <laughs> I would never do that. It was very nice of them. I'm sorry. What were we talking about? Bullet coffee or <laughs> nitro? What is nitro coffee? It's, it's exactly what you think it is. It's coffee that's been goes fast. nitrogen. Oh, okay. So the way you know, Guinness, Guinness has those really tight bubbles and it has a beautiful <clears throat> cascade. Yes. It happens because uh, it's. Uh, the thing that makes it gassy is not CO2, it's nitrogen. Okay. Or, or a mix of the two. Someone realized that, oh, we should try that with coffee, and they did. And so you can get coffee that's really creamy in that same yeah, way. It also has oh, a beautiful cascade effect. Huh. So You're it's, not just, into it, huh? it's just cold coffee that is creamier and lush. How do you like feel it. about nitro coffee? He doesn't I'm like not it. a big cold coffee person. Mm. I'll drink it occasionally. But you don't drink iced coffee at all? Not often. Oh. D- does I I, does iced an coffee. iced coffee change the taste of a coffee? There's two ways to answer that. Okay. One is we have receptors in our mouth that respond to temperature. So if you have the same object that's hot and cold, you'll have a different experience of it. Mm-hmm. Partially because the the way your body physiologically interacts with it. Mm-hmm. There's a broader answer to the question. The way we make cold coffee can be somewhat different than we make hot coffee. So mm-hmm. you can have a different end result by mm-hmm. the nature of how it got there. Man, while we're on this subject, what's cold brew? So you could brew hot coffee, which is, you know, take hot water and grounds and get them together somehow and then filter it out and you have hot coffee. Yeah. You can do that with cold water. It just takes a heck of a lot longer because cold I things see. don't, it, the way chemistry works and energy transfers and all sorts of sciencey stuff, um, it takes longer to get things out of something else if you're using a cold solvent. <laughs> so you can put the coffee and the water together and let them sit, say, overnight. You're brewing it cold, the water's not hot, mm-hmm. and then you filter it, and psh, you have cold brew. Interesting. Why would you do that? My mom does cold brew. People who love cold brew are fanatic. And what, what is the difference? Is there more caffeine? There's probably not more caffeine. Does it taste different? It can taste different. It does it taste different. It can be easier in a way, right? Because you, you can make a bunch of it, sort of make a concentrate and stick in the fridge. So I know people who make it once a week versus making coffee every morning. Right, that's why my mom oh, does it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I see There's that. A, and cafes use that as a good opportunity, too. Um, mm. Do thing, things once. You can brew hot coffee over ice, which is what I do at the farmer's market. Hot coffee uh, over then, ice? Yeah, so you sort of dilute it as you're brewing it. Oh. You make it strong, you dilute it. You know, the problem is if you make hot coffee and you pour it over ice cubes, it dilutes as they melt. Yeah. And you, the flavor can get to be too weak. Mm-hmm. You could make the hot coffee, cool it down, freeze it so you have coffee ice cubes, and then add the hot coffee to that, and it will dilute into coffee. But that seems like an awful lot of work. <laughs> so you can... Just brew it in such a way hot, right over ice, that it bounces out. Oh, the way interesting. You want it. Coffee the, scientists. The things you learn. I know. I like talking to smart people because I ask a lot of really dumb questions and they always have really good answers. That, I'm smart, I just know a lot. Mm. I mean, isn't that the same thing? No. Not really. I but have no idea. an encyclopedia is not smart. What do you drink every day? Do you just drink like a regular? Uh, I get like a Keurig. I do my K cup no, 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 coffee no, when you in go the morning. And, buy. and then when I go to Honolulu Coffee Company, I get um, their iced coffee and then they put a little honey in there for me aren't you a little keen to try all the coffee shops downtown like it's not that much farther a walk oh i don't know he has a relationship with the girls who work there that's probably oh, his relationship the with the girls who work there no 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 no, not in that way uh, and who the guy oh there's the like guy. two guys so that's, that's, that's part of he... being a regular uh, dude yeah. that is the best part about being a regular because they know my name and i don't even have to order anymore they just you have get to talk right. to them your, your relationship went from interacting to not interacting to not interacting it's just seamless 
I have regular customers. I love having regular customers. It's great. It makes it work worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. You got any favorite coffee shops that people can check out? He can't next? answer that question. No, not favorite coffee shops then. Okay. How about like. Um, He's a coffee consultant. He has to no, be. No, I know. But how about like. Oh, how could I say it? I know. Like, and they, they have different experiences. Like, you're going to go there for more than the coffee. Or they have a good variety of coffees to try. Sean, it's okay if you can't. I'll, I'll just close just the point. Well, ironically, ironically, I did a coffee crawl last week with someone who... A coffee crawl. That's my favorite thing. Wanted the same sort of... Experience. She said, we, uh, the journalist, she wanted to write an article. She's like, let's go do a crawl. I sent her a list of potential in Honolulu options. And the list was 16 cafes long. She said, we don't have time for that in the article or during our day. So we whittled it down. Right, and we whittled it down based on, well, they all had to serve at least yummy coffee by my sense. They had to have, really, they had to have something special, either a special offer like you're interested in or uh, an environment that's particularly fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to name those five places and, <gasps> and say a short thing why they were cool, although it's, that might be like curtailing her articles. So maybe I shouldn't. Oh, maybe. Oh. Maybe you shouldn't. But we Maybe don't know whose article know who that is. is. So let's do that. Let's not do that. Let's sort of shape the idea of how to look for something. Okay. okay. Let's do that. So environment is really important, right? You all, we can make coffee at home, mm-hmm. and it's almost always cheaper, and hopefully is at least as good or better. So if you're going to go out, you need to either go out for convenience, because you're desperate and it's right there, mm-hmm. in which case it doesn't really matter. But if you're going to seek it, you should seek it because the place itself, the environment it's in, because it's facing the ocean, or it has a really cool interior, or it's got that super comfortable couch. There should be something in it that's inviting. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, when specialty coffee was, wasn't really an ideal yet, but the construct that people were experiencing this coffee house thing, an um, anthropologist was writing about this article. Maybe it was in the early 90s he wrote this. And An anthropologist was? Yes. Oh. Trying to understand this notion that people are going out and spending time and money in these spaces that serve coffee. Right? Versus like the, the diner where you're going to get your hammer and you get your 10 cent cup. Right? There's a, people are making a thing out of going to coffee house. I wish coffee was 10 cents at diners now. And he, you don't, because think about how much that farmer's getting. Okay. Good Jeez. point. You are shaming him. I'm I love it. I'm so not shaming him. I'm helping broaden his person. horizons. Anyway. No, no, no. If you haven't thought about it before, it's not shaming. Thank you, Sean. You're welcome. Shaming Sean. <laughs> anyway, so, anyway, so the idea was that, sorry, this is really f- a fun way to think about it. Uh, he, he labeled coffee shops at the time as being the third place. Right? You have home yes. where you spend time, you have your work where you spend a lot of time, and then you have this third place that's neither, but you spend a lot of time and you inhibit it with a lot of emotional well-being, mm-hmm. if you will. So coffee houses went from, well, there's that sort of beatnik hippie thing of coffee house romance. And then it morphed and especially coffee became a thing or began to be a thing. It's the space where you, the space itself is important to you. Like the TV show Friends is a really good example of how He was born in 1995, that. by the way. Oh, I passed that uh, coffee shop, by the way, the one from Friends. Oh, really? Yeah. Our kids were born much later than that. That's true. Could have birthed him. She could have actually. It's true. We've done the math. I mean, like, fine. It could have been like a normal birth, not some Appalachian birth. They took a picture of us together, and we look like child and uh, child and mother. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, we keep it under our desk. It's a memento. (laughs) No, I get what you mean, though. I feel you're right. Like, I feel like coffee coffee shops are so much more than just a place to get coffee. So, if that's true, which I think it is, then if you're going to pick one, pick one that's really inviting and comfortable. Mm. 
And if you're lucky, the taste of the coffee is very pleasing to you too. Well, now it's all about the Instagram too. That's a, like another layer of this, right? I mean, people want to go to a place where they can photograph the coffee or the ambiance. Right, it's a, a different kind wall. of social cachet it is. creating. But I think that's just what people are looking for. Now, but not before. I think it was more not 10 years ago, not comfortable years. I mean, I think that's what the, like a specific person is looking for. But like Sunrise for. Shack, there's no place to drink your coffee, yeah, but everyone wants tables. to take a picture of it. Yeah. You know? They have that's tables, but it's outside. And you get attacked by chickens. But I wouldn't call the Sunrise Shack necessarily that's like a experience coffee house. That most people don't have. No, but I mean, you go there and have a coffee sure, or a side bowl or whatever. Sure, but that's not a place where you're going to like pull out your laptop and, you know, get No, up. but that's how you, that's what is important to you. What I'm yeah. saying for other people, it's diff- a different for, yeah, thing. Yeah, but that's, yeah. I think that's what Sean's trying to say is that for every person, there's a different Right, otherwise, otherwise all we would have is... Starbucks and we'd all go there. I mean, and they provide a lot of that too, right? They provide that third space. They provide that they got environment where they work. That also is true, but they have, a, they have a space and a product and bathrooms that are a fit for a lot of people mm-hmm. and the comfort that anywhere in the world you go. And now you, know, you can thing. sit there and not even order a coffee because they can't kick you out. I know. What do you think every that. coffee coffee shop should have? Good coffee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it's about, right? I don't know. For some people, it's not. Well, for some people, me, it's, so. it's the latte art, or but yeah, for you, I mean, that's latte what, art is a is a signal, right? The kind of machine they're using can be a signal to oh. what you think it might taste like. Oh, right. If a cafe cares enough to have baristas who are making the latte art, mm-hmm. they probably care a little bit more about the espresso and the milk too than they do the, hmm. everything else. Cat, what do you think every coffee shop should have? What do you think personally? Well, I don't drink coffee. Sure. So it has to be free Wi-Fi, okay. a bathroom, yeah, and like Special a place for me to sit. And like work. Yeah. Because that's the only reason why I would go to a coffee shop. Hmm. And food. You good should pastry, have right? good food. Oh, good pastries are very yeah. important. I always have. That's actually one. Nothing more depressing than a coffee shop that has Costco pastries, right? Yeah, or nothing. Or nothing. Or nothing. I always have to have a little snack with my coffee, like, you know, biscotti or something along those lines. It's just a good little coffee I snack. I have not ever seen you eat a biscotti. I eat them at home. <laughs> Please. <laughs> All right. This right next to the on the shelf at Costco, next to the cake. Exactly. Oh, that actually is why. Though. Oh my God, Kevin! <laughs> it's easier for me. You are the worst. We are going to broaden your coffee horizons. I'm okay. I like my coffee. No, horizons. but you should try a different. Coffee. I mean, my coffee horizons are already pretty broad. Oh, I ate that. Um, or I drank that uh, animal poop coffee in uh, when I was in Bali. It's the, <laughs> it's the small little. Um, <laughs> almost like a monkey-looking kind of thing, and it eats the coffee beans, and people brew coffee with its dung. Not with the dung from the coffee removed from the dung. I mean, the coffee poo. I had that. That was actually pretty good. So I feel like that had broadened my horizons more than more than I'll ever need to. I think it's a good place to end. Sean, you have <laughs> other books. Did you want to shout them out or did you just want to keep them a secret? <laughs> Kevin, what a weird question is that? I don't know. All right. I have three books. One three written books. twice, right? Yeah. Hawaii Coffee Book. Mm-hmm. The bookends of that series. Mm-hmm. Coffee: A Comprehensive Guide to the Being the Beverage in the Industry. Wow. That's a hefty one. Kind of textbooky like. Okay. And then Little Coffee Know It All. What's that about? It is a sort of an FAQ for coffee where I wrote it. Each chapter is very short. It has a question, and it's all answered with the latest scientific data available to answer it. Awesome. And where can people find you at um, Coffee Consulting? Do you have? Coffeeaconsulting.com. That's a good email or a good Not website. as good as this website. Oh, Hoi-Nizy. 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 Is that what you mean, Sean? Wow, very good. 
Very good. <laughs> well, you can find us at HawaiiMagazine.com. Dawn, that's HawaiiMagazine.com. Yes. Um, you can also see us on Instagram at Hawaii Magazine. We have a Pinterest now. Oh, really updated. Really popping. Yeah. Um, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as Spotify. I oh, finally, you were on Spotify? I finally put us up on oh, Spotify. Good. So you can find us on all three of those platforms. Um, please rate us, subscribe us, comment, whatever you want to do. Um, Five-star ratings only, though. Um, I'll delete every other one. Just kidding. <laughs> all right. I think that'll be the Kevin. episode. Cat. I know you're trying to wrap it up. I'm, I'm trying to wrap it up. I like you got to go interview someone. I do. So. I have to interview the mayor in like 20 minutes. We got to scram. But thank you, Sean. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having for, me. For talking to us. Thank you, Kat. Just for being around. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, and thank <laughs> you all for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.